but uh, our, our speaker needs no introduction. Uh, he's got the most Facebook friends uh, from what I hear in this church. Um, yeah, so uh, so thankful for our brother Kwame. Uh, he's going to be uh, bringing the word for us uh, this evening. Uh, Kwame is our deacon of evangelism, and uh, God has really uh, given this brother a gift uh, in evangelism and a gift to proclaim God's word. So I know I am excited uh, to hear you uh, preach uh, this evening. Uh, Kwame, you can hear my brother. Let me... And I'm going to pray for you before you start. Father God, thank you so much uh, for our brother here. We, we thank you, we exalt you, Father, for, for your goodness and your grace and your mercy, God. I pray that you would be uh, with our brother Kwame as he uh, uh, delivers uh, your word to us this evening. Uh, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would work in and through him, Father, that, God, we know you're great. We know your power and your spirit uh, works in and through us. Uh, when we yield uh, to you, Father. So we pray that you would do a mighty work uh, this evening um, in, among us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mic check. All right, great. We're good. We're good. Good evening, Cross Point. All right. Happy birthday, Josiah. All right. So great. Thank you, Ruben, for praying for us. Uh, I want to pray again. I'll pray for myself. My check, can you hear me still? Okay. Um, Father, thank you for this time. Pray that you would be with us tonight, Lord, as um, we talk about evangelism. Pray that you would stir our hearts, renew our minds. Lord, we um, also need our hearts purified. Uh, it's the middle of the week. Uh, many things to think, to think about and um, many things that we probably have gone through already uh, throughout this week. Uh, we just pray, Lord, that you will just be with us. Guide us by your spirit, and we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so evangelism. Now, this is going to be somewhat of a different format uh, tonight. I love to teach uh, evangelism. I love to evangelize. So um, if you have pen and paper or pencil and paper or a tablet and phone or whatnot, I want you to take some notes. Um, if you don't take notes, that's fine. But if you do like to take notes, take notes. Also, uh, we're going to hit a lot of, lot of scriptures tonight. I'm going to point to a lot of scripture points. So be sure to use the monitors to your left and your right and center. So the Lord saved me maybe eight, nine years ago. And when he saved me, he put me into a group of guys. They discipled me. Uh, daily, they checked on me. These guys, they were serious about prayer serious about the word of God, and they were serious about evangelism. Uh, we would hit the block or the street corner, uh, whether it was the east side of town where I'm from, south side of town, uptown or downtown, however you look at it, uh, west side, the projects, and we would go out and, and share, share the gospel with people. Um, we just, we love the gospel uh, because we knew that that was the power of God into salvation. Uh, we knew that people needed to hear the gospel. People, we would ask a question uh, numerous of times. Hey, uh, sir or ma'am, do you know what the gospel means? And a lot of times we would hear, oh, you mean like gospel music or uh, gospel television? And we would have the chance right then to give the gospel. During that time, 
there were a lot of things that I learned from that period. Uh, and now when I share the gospel or when Jazz and I get a chance to share the gospel, um, I try to make sure I hit certain points, certain realities that are biblical, that people need to hear when hearing the gospel. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about some points. If you've taken the evangelism class that we've had here, you'll be familiar with these points. Um, these points are not verbatim in the Bible, but they are biblical. So we're going to talk about that. Also, just a reminder, if you are a Christian, if you are trusting in Jesus, you have been empowered to share the gospel. I know we all have different personalities. Some of us are, are shy. Some of us are more, you know, hey, I'm out there. Hey, I share the gospel with anybody. But when it's all said and done, we've been given a gospel message that has saved us to be able to share the message for others, to others. It's a message, so it's meant to be shared. Uh, it's also the power of God uh, into salvation, as I said earlier. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. Don't think that you have to be the deacon of evangelism to share the gospel or that you have to be a varsity, quote-unquote, Christian or an uh, all-star Christian. Uh, if you are a believer in the risen King Jesus Christ, you are able to share the gospel by God's grace. So, point number one. When sharing the gospel, when communicating the gospel, start with God. Start with God. God is the originator of evangelism. He is the captain of evangelism. He is the king of evangelism. If it were not for God, there would be no gospel to share. Um, as we see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible starts with God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Revelations 1, verse 8, says that God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. When sharing a gospel with people, it's important to start with God because the gospel starts with God and it ends with God. And when I say start with God, I'm not saying, okay, mention God and then the rest of it just you know, mention whatever you want to mention. Like, God has to be the fuel within your evangelism, okay? Um, God, and people know, people know, even if they say they don't believe in God, people know that God is real. Uh, he is the one that we're held accountable to. So in sharing the gospel, make sure that you don't start with primarily self, and we're going to tell that in a second, but you start with God, the one who created everything, the Holy One. He is good. He is great. He is majestic. He is present. Start with God, the living God of the Bible. Also, in thinking about evangelism, it's great to share your testimony. It's great to share how good has God, God has been to you on Wednesday or the next day. That's great. That's awesome. We should do that. We should live lives, uh, the Christian life, that show that we are not of this world. At the same time, when it comes to evangelism, 
Evangelism is communicating and articulating the gospel, the good news, the life, the person, the death, burial, resurrection, and reign of Jesus. You have to present that message because that's the message that saves. We'll get into that in a second. Also, point number two, if you would. Who are we to God? Start with God. And again, this, this, this message isn't going to be technical, like technical terms or, or ways to, you know, have icebreakers or whatnot to share the gospel. We're going we're to talk as if we've already, the ice has already been broken and we're able to share with people. So start with God, who he is, and then who are we to God? This is important to me because when I was coming up as early on in my Christian walk, I, um, we would share with people and we would bypass the fact that people are image bearers of God. We would just go to the straight fact like, hey, you're a sinner. You sin against God. You need to be made right with God, which is true, which is true. But what I've come to realize is that the Bible does not shy away from saying that we are image bearers of God. Like we have, there's dignity in being a human. There's great responsibility in being a human as well. We're called to glorify God, to be satisfied in God. Uh, but we'll get to the sad part in a second, the bad news. But this is the case. Image bearer, whether you are from the east side of Columbus or the east side of Chengdu, China, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, you are an image bearer of the living God. Which shows that there's great, there are many things to celebrate in that. But we have a problem. We have a great problem. So before we go to the next point, when sharing the gospel, you'll see when you share the gospel with a person, you say, hey, do you know that you are an image bearer of God? They may be, they may be defensive at first when you, when you say to them, I'm about to share the gospel with you. Uh, I've seen this many times. You're an image bearer of God. They softened up some. They softened. They didn't want to hear more. Okay, what, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Okay. Start with God. We're image bearers of God. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Uh, it says this. Then God, thank you, Josiah. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish in the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image, his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So in the garden, the first parents of the human race are image bearers of God without sin. Without sin. But for us, even us, as we are created and born in sin, we are still image bearers of God. It's very important to, to mention that. Next, next point. What has happened to us in our relationship with God? What has happened to us in our relationship with God? Um, when sharing the gospel, we know the gospel means good news. But before a person can truly appreciate the good news, they need to understand the bad news. Before a person can appreciate the cure for a sickness, 
They need to see they're sick. If my doctor came to me and said, Kwame, you need this medicine uh, for this certain type of cancer, I would say, well, doc, I don't need that. I don't have cancer. And if you were to say to me, I ran some tests, you do have cancer, I'm going to say, doc, give me that medicine ASAP. Before presenting the good news, people need to understand and be, so- and be sober by the bad news. So what has happened to us and our relationship with God? Uh, we know our first parents, Adam and Eve, they were told not to eat of a certain tree. Uh, they were told to listen to God and obey God. This was the first, well, actually official commandment that the result, the consequence brought death. And they disobeyed God, which if we were in their places, we would have done the same. They disobeyed God and they fell and they fell hard. Ruin the world. Us, everybody, we're, we're warped spiritually or born warped spiritually because our first parents fell. And they didn't die physically at that time, at that moment, but they died spiritually. They were separated from God. The image that God gave them, again, was warped. And it presented a problem. How can a holy God make sinful man and woman right with him? God is good. He has to punish sin. And he's eternal. So he has to punish sin in an eternal way. So what has happened to our relationship with God is that we've been separated from our creator. Every human, Eastside Columbus, Westside Chicago, Michigan State fan, Michigan fan, we're all born with an issue. Not just that some people do bad and some people may do good, but we're all born under the wrath of an all-present and all-seeing God. Genesis 6-5 says that the Lord saw that the wickedness, this was after the fall, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil Continually. Underline that for myself. Every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Romans 5 verse 12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. This is a major, major, major problem. We all enjoy life. We love life. Life is great. And I ask people when I share the gospel with them about the problem, and I tell them when we get to the problem, I, tell, I ask them, why do you think death is relevant? So you enjoy life, right? Yeah, I enjoy life. Yeah, life is great. Why is death real? And I explained to them that death is personal. It's not just something that just happens. Oh, we live, we die. 
All right. No, death is personal. God is sovereign. God is good. God is great. God is holy. Death is real because we have sinned against God. We have a problem. And therefore, no human can make themselves right with God unless they go back to Adam and Eve's spot, which we can't, and say, all right, I'm not going to eat of this fruit. It's already done. They did it. We're here. We have a problem. Next point, how does God, this is, I love getting to this part when we're sharing the gospel. How does God show us our problem? This is one of the parts. I love all of it anyways. How does God show us our problem and and how we are held accountable to God? i tell you why I like this part right here. Because often, you may have witnesses yourself, you share the gospel with a person and they're like, I don't want to hear what you're saying. I'm good. Me and God have our own relationship, especially in the South. I'm straight. You know, God is blessing me. All right. You don't have to go any further. But here's the dilly. Here's the deal. Here's the case. <laughs> My east side of Columbus is coming up. Um, Here's the case. God in his grace shows us that we have a problem. And not only that, he shows us that we're held accountable to him. For example, the law. And and sharing the gospel with a person, I'll break it down this way. I'll say, if you were to die, now some of you have heard this before, why should God, your creator, who you are an image bearer of, why should he let you into his heaven? Well, you know, I never killed anybody before, or I never did this before. Okay, let, let me just give you three of God's laws. And I'm doing this not to uh, condemn you. I can't condemn you. Have you ever lied before? Yeah, I've lied before. Have you ever killed anybody before? No, I never killed anybody before. And I say, I have. Oh, 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 I said, oh, back up, oh, what do you mean? Well, Jesus looks at the heart. Jesus, in, in, in the Gospels, he mentions, if you have, even you have hatred or, or wrath in your heart for a person, you're guilty of murder. Have you ever murdered before? Yeah, I have. That's just two. That's just two. And I say, in James, it says that if you're guilty of breaking one of God's laws, you're guilty of breaking them all. So again, would you be guilty or innocent before God? I'd be guilty. See, the law stops a person in, in their tracks and trying to make themselves right with God. It stops them to say, oh, I see this mirror right here in front of a holy God. I'm guilty. I am guilty. Uh, Romans 3, verse 19. It says, now we know that whatever the law says it speaks to those, that's uh, Romans 3, verse 19, um, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world, not just Gentile, not just Jew, Gentile also, everybody, the whole world may be held accountable to God. I was in, uh, in Italy and had a chance to share the gospel with a guy who uh, was from Finland, I believe. But he was a very smart guy, like 
intellectual. Like, he was just, I was listening to him talking, like, wow, you're very smart. All I know is the gospel, and I know that it works. I'm going to share the gospel with you. So I was sharing the gospel with him, and I got to the part where it says, where I was telling him, like, well, sir, like, you, th- you think that you can make yourself right with God uh, based off your works. He was like, I, I, me and God, we're good, basically. And I, I gave the law to him. He was like, why are you, why are you naming those things? He says, uh, those laws are not from God. They're from, they're, that's society. So no, sir, that's it's in the Bible. Like, those are God's laws to show that we have a problem, to show that he give his holy standard and show that we have a problem. And as I continue to give him the law, he just stopped talking. And I said, well, sir, this, this whole, this, you're held accountable to God. And I hate this about this story because I didn't get a chance to get to the good news because as he was standing and, and being held accountable to God, he didn't want to hear anything else. He's, I'm out of here. So I don't know, Lord willing, maybe somebody shared the good news with him, but he just heard the bad news. He saw that he was held accountable to God, and he vacated. He left. But the law is meant to show us that we have a problem and that we're held accountable to the lawmaker. That's all of us. So here we go. Next point. And communicating the gospel. Who, and here's the good, here's coming to the good news. Who did God send for us? Who is Christ? Who did God send for us? Who is Christ? So in giving the good news, I mean, giving the bad news, you're sharing the gospel with this person, the bad news part, and they're left exposed. It would, not be, it would not be helpful for you to say, all right, have a great day. Good luck on making yourself right with God. No, the good news has to come. So here's the good news. And God sent his son. His son, Jesus. Jesus has always been with the father. Always. From beginning to end. With them, there is no beginning or end. Alpha and Omega. But God in his kindness sent Jesus as a human. Like us. But without sin. Born of a virgin. Jesus is tempted in every way that we are. And he does not sin. He lives a perfect life. Always pleasing the Father. The Father zooms in on Jesus' life as a human, and he's always pleased. Jesus says himself, my Father is always pleased with me. So God sent his Son to be a mediator between God and man. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man. The man... Christ Jesus. So having a mediator between God and man shows that there's a problem. And with the mediator, the mediator represents both parties equally. So Jesus as a mediator, mediator, he represents us to God in his righteousness as a human, and he represents God to us. But what happens to Jesus? To the next point. What has God done to save us in Christ? 
and I haven't previously these on my notes, proclaim the cross. Proclaim the cross because 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So in sharing the gospel, you do not know if God has drawn this person. But when you proclaim this good news, I've seen it before, and it may not happen in this way, but that person may be transformed right in front of you in proclaiming the cross. Quick story before we get into that. A friend and I, we were downtown in Columbus. Uh, it was something going on. I forgot what kind of uh, festivities were going on. But we were downtown. a lot of people outside. And uh, me and my friend G, we uh, went to the corner to my truck, and then we saw three guys walking. I said, hey, man, let's go share the gospel with them. Went to, share, to, talk, to talk with them. And long story short, we thought these guys were about to rob us. I'm talking to them, and honestly, I was like, man, I'm thinking in my head, like, all right, like, gee, stop, stop talking. Like, let's, let's go. And I'm praying, I'm praying inside, and like, Lord, help me, help us. Because they were just standing, one guy was on the lookout, one guy was posted up right here, one guy we were talking to right here, I'm like, they're about to rob us right now. So, um... It's like the Lord gave me peace. Lay them heart. Keep sharing. Keep sharing. Keep sharing. So we kept sharing. Kept sharing. Kept sharing. Started sharing the cross of Christ. Brothers and sisters, I lie to you not. These three guys like turned marshmallow in front of us, like super soft, and they were just very like into what we were saying, and it seemed like the Lord was actually softening their hearts right in front of us to receive the good news. So in sharing the gospel. Proclaim, proclaim, proclaim the cross. At the cross of Jesus Christ, for everyone who would believe, Jesus laid down his life. He did not die of old age. He died receiving the wrath of God that every person in this room deserves. He did not deserve the wrath of God at all. But someone needed to pay for sin, and that someone had to be God in the flesh. That someone had to be sinless. That someone had to, be, had to pour out his love because of the love of his father for us. Jesus laid down his life, and he actually died. His heart stops where our heart hearts beat by the flesh for sin, his heart stops because of his love for the Father and his love for us. Jesus dies and three days later, he's raised from the grave, vindicating that he would never die for sin again and his sacrifice is official. The Father is pleased with his sacrifice. To die for sin, to never die again. And the beautiful thing about that is this, brothers and sisters, for all who trust in Christ, we have died with Christ, not in our own works, but because of his works. We've died with Christ and he received our wrath, so our wrath is done Our debt is paid, 
and we are raised with the Messiah, we now have the righteousness of Christ. And I actually skipped the point. I actually fast forwarded to a point, but I can't help it. We receive the righteousness of Christ. And Jesus ascended to heaven and is now at the right hand of the Father. And guess where we are? We're hidden with him. So in sharing the gospel, I mean, it's, you're giving a gift to a person. Like if, if you had a trillion dollars and the person is like, hey, I need some money, you would kind of be shady to say, no, I'm good. Like, as believers, I hope, if you had enough to give, you would freely give. We have the message that can save the soul of a person who is dead in their sins. And it brings glory and honor to God because, again, he's the captain of evangelism. He's the chief of it. He's not ashamed of our evangelistic efforts. He wants us to share the gospel. He's empowered us to share the gospel. We have each other to come alongside one another to go share the gospel. We're saturating the love of God to share the love of God to the world who loves sin and think that they are okay with the holiest one ever, who is personal, as I said before, and consistently watching. And everyone, as I said before, will be held accountable and we are held accountable to God, but God has made a way, like I said, in Christ. If all who trust in Christ, who turn and trust in Christ, God says that they will be saved. Oh, where? Okay. Thank you. You put them on. Okay. Here we go. Real quick, what are the consequences if we do not respond to the gospel? The consequences are this, John three thirty six. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. The consequence is this, and we have to share this. We need to share this. I think it's important to share that, sir or ma'am, I've shared the gospel with you. If you do not respond in repentance and faith and trust in Jesus, you have to pay for your own sins. Like God is going to make a way that when you die, you're going to receive a, a body that's, that will be able to endure in the most painful way imaginable. Like you cannot even imagine how painful and how, how wrathful God will be if you had to pay for your own sins. Um, and, and it would be eternal. It would be eternal. You'll be separated from God without the grace and mercy of God, and you will receive the wrath of God for eternity. So how should we respond? John 6, 29, Jesus answered them. This is when the Jews were following Jesus after he fed the 5,000. And they were asking, Rabbi, what must we do to be doing the works of God? He said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent, that you believe, turn from yourself and trust in Jesus. Drop everything, all of your attempts at being righteous and trust in Jesus who has finished the work. And then what do we receive? 
Like I said, we receive the righteousness of Christ. We receive peace with God and we receive God. We receive the spirit. We receive adoption. We receive one another. We receive eternal security. Romans 5.11 says, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And then call the person to repent and believe. As Jesus did, Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Call them to repent and believe. And also pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for your heart. Pray for your brothers and sisters' heart that you may come together to be able to share. Pray for, for the person that you may, may want to share the gospel with. Pray that God will prepare their hearts. It is very, very, very important to, that you pray. And I am just about out of time. But if I can leave some takeaways real quick for us. Consistently pursue the Lord and his love for you in evangelism. Realize that you are now a citizen of a kingdom. You are a citizen of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Pursue God's love for you. Also, have a grounded hope that God has provided for his mission. Like there's a mission, we're called to mission. And by the spirit, we're called to keep in step with the spirit who continues to point us to Christ. And then prepare yourself to be resourceful. And I end with that. Prepare yourself to be resourceful. No churches in the area. If you move from Columbus, be familiar with faithful churches in the area because you may end up sharing a gospel with a person and they may not want to go to your church. Probably not. I don't, I don't know. But if they don't, okay, well, there's another church I can, you can get plugged into. Also, count the costs. You may very well, you share the gospel with this person, they may very well become your disciple. So count the costs. Don't just go out, as we used to do this, Share the gospel. All right, well, repent and believe. All right, see you next Saturday. Like, no. Count the calls. Keep in mind that as I'm sharing the gospel with this person, they may call me back after I give them a tract or a card or, or give them my number. Be open to know the fact that you may disciple this person. They may become your disciple. And um, be able to answer hard questions. And be, fine, be okay with not knowing all the answers. But be resourceful. Don't just go with the gospel message and then peace out. Like, know there's more to it. Um, and, and let the people know that they also must count the cost if they become a believer. Because the goal to evangelism is to glorify the Lord and make disciples. Much more that we could talk about. If we do another class, come to the class, and um, we can definitely dig in some more. But look at these points. Think about these points. Pray. Pray over um, that God would give you more courage if you, if you feel like you're too shy or whatever to share the gospel. Pray for opportunities because we're all in power. We're, we're equipped to share the gospel to a dying world uh, for the glory of God. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you for this time. Uh, thank you for your grace, Lord, in, um, in our lives. Lord, we pray that we will uh, 
continue, Lord, to humble ourselves, to be as little children, to seek you, uh, to seek one another in the gospel and know that the gospel was not given to us to save us, to dead end on ourselves, but the gospel is meant to keep us, to continue to point us to your love for us and to share your love to an onlooking world. For you have restored us, you have reconciled us to you by the blood of your son. And we're called to share that message of reconciliation. So be with us, Lord, and um, allow us to be resourceful and, and go out and uh, make disciples and be faithful to the call to uh, be ambassadors. We need you in every way. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.